on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by River Wind Casino. We give you the latest OU football news. We hand out some midseason awards. Then we preview the best games of week seven in college football and give you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, October 11th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there's so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of October, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Wednesday morning, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. And Ted, life is just better when OU beats Texas, man. I'm, <laughs> I've just been in a tremendous mood all week long, man. This is the best. Uh, very understandable. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a very good three or four days just kind of uh, soaking it all in. You know, going back, checking the receipts on everyone, uh, see what everyone's saying about it now. So very interesting times for sure. Oh, it's fantastic. Now, we did something before we dive into the OU football news and hand out some midseason awards. We we did something we've never done before on our YouTube channel. So we went through the four plays of OU's epic goal line stand against Texas in last Saturday's game. And so if you want to check that out, that is on our YouTube channel, Ted, I would say the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive and people now expect us to do something like that way more often. What have we done? Oh no. What have we done? We, we have we set ourselves up for more work. Is that what's going on here? Um, I'll, I'll say this. That was fun. I like doing stuff like that. It's cool. So I'm with you. I, I want to do more of it. And if there's a business out there that would like to sponsor the in the weeds videos, the X's and O's breakdowns, holler at us. Send us an email, the Oklahoma breakdown at gmail.com. Shameless. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Let's get to the OU football news. So let's start here, Ted. OU up to number five in the AP poll. And when I saw it, I, I just, I love it. Right, because in my opinion, after beating Texas, there's got to be a shift in the mentality, right? Because beating Texas changes how 
everyone views this football team. And there there are always high expectations, right, within those walls. But a lot of people thought Texas was the best team in the country. And you go into the Cotton Bowl, you beat them. The underdog thing, it, as much as you want to play that card, it really just it kind of goes out the window when you go and win that game. So for me, it, it's time to embrace the new expectations that come with winning that game. And I think that applies to clearly coaches and players. But really, I, I, I'm applying it to the fan base. But you, you want... You can't want to be elite and also want to fly under the radar. It just does not work like that, especially when you go and win a game like that. So top five, hell yes, let's roll, baby. Embrace it. Come on. New expectations for the season. I love it. Let's go. No, I, I think you're right. You know, you um, you went out. People were, uh, you could say, rightly cautious on, on making any, you know, big declarations on what Oklahoma – was going to be this season um you know you go out and you prove a lot of people wrong you open a bunch of eyeballs so yeah i i think that you have to expect to be vaulted up to to where you are and you know that that doesn't mean that the mission you've been on up to this point uh, how focused you've been of trying to prove all the naysayers now all of a sudden everyone's going to start telling you how good you are that doesn't mean the work's over, and it doesn't mean that you're there. You know, the one thing that has become abundantly clear from just going back and, and watching more of the game and thinking about it more, we are not anywhere close to being a finished product. We're just not. We, we've got a bunch of mistakes, you know, just in that game specifically that could have and you may even say should have gotten us beat. So – like we've got a lot of things that we have to continue to work on. And I know that that coach, like that is the perfect film of never as good as you think, never as bad as you think, right? You walk off the field with this amazing win and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is, it's going to be incredible mistakes all over the place. Now, nothing again, like just like it's been all season, nothing that you can't clean up and nothing that you can't fix, but we're, we're still, we're not anywhere close to playing our best football game yet. Um, I completely agree, but I I don't think there's anything wrong now for the fans, right? For us, right? People that cover the team, there there's nothing wrong with starting to think about OU's path to the college football playoff. Like that's a real conversation now, right? There's just no avoiding it. You look at the remaining schedule. You think about a possible rematch between OU and Texas in the Big Twelve Championship game. Like that is all in play. Man, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with starting to take a look at that. Now, the players and coaches can't do that, but we can't. You got to stay healthy. Football team has to stay healthy. You got to continue to improve. Just like, just like you said, Ted, that's the key, right? During the bye week, you get back to the basics. You get back to your fundamentals. You kind of reset. You heal up a little bit. And it's got to be constant improvement from – you know, from a scheme standpoint, an execution standpoint, a physical standpoint, right? You cannot, you certainly cannot let your your preparation mentally slip. But I continue to think them going and winning that game, like all it's going to do for the football team is create more buy-in and more belief, right? So 
I I know that last year went very poorly, right? But we we've all moved on from that now after watching OU go and be a really really good Texas team. Who, by the way, the people that say OU played their best game and Texas beat themselves just come on now, what are we doing? I mean, what are we even doing? So stupid. I'm it's so that, stupid. I'm glad they think think that way because it just, it just flat out isn't true. Hey, have you seen the football power index? ESPN. I've seen multiple. So I saw our buddy Josh Pate. He still has Texas right, and and his is a power rating. I, I know, you know, you and I we have access to Bill Conley's stuff. SP Plus. He still has Texas at three. OU's still at eight in SP plus use it right. But just so you know, that's not a ranking. It's a power rating and recruiting's a big factor in that strength of schedules, a big factor in that. Like it's a, it's basically a math equation, right? So I, well, I I know that gets some people fired up, but I don't, I don't really care about it. Well, the foot, the ESPN's football power index. um, And I don't know what all goes into it, but, Oklahoma's number two in the in the FPI. What's interesting, though, is Oklahoma's percentage chance to win a national championship is by far the highest. It's not even close. 22.4% chance to win a national championship. A 40% chance of making the national championship game. A 70% chance of making the playoff. And... They've got the highest percentage chance to win out of everyone by a huge margin, 40% chance to win out. Like Ohio State's 22, Alabama's 22, Georgia is 20. So they're at 40%. Some of these are shocking that the numbers come in on Oklahoma like that in the football power index. Don't know what they where they come from, but thought that was noteworthy. You You have to embrace it at this point. Yeah. Right? You just beat what a lot of people think is the best team in the country. Some people still think Texas is better than OU. We just watched them play. (laughs) I, Yeah, all of that stuff, it's going to become a talking point. But for the football team itself, right, it's all about keeping the main thing the main thing. Yep. Right, putting the work in, uh, putting the preparation in. And, man, this it just feels so much better than last year at this time. Like, I'm so much happier. My mood is better. I've talked about this before. My emotional well-being is entirely, entirely too closely linked to how those young men play on Saturdays. I acknowledge that. But when they're playing well and they're 6-0, and man, I am I am feeling good. <laughs> yeah. It's... It's definitely, uh, it's definitely good on the on the mentality, on the on the the daily attitude. Um, it's just funny that what a difference a year makes, right? We are we're like a year removed from being in pure football hell, <laughs> right? So, like the turnaround is from last year so far up to this point is pretty dramatic, no doubt. All right, let's get to some other OU football news. This is such a bummer, man. Brent Venables announced that Andrell Anthony is done for the season, going to have knee surgery. Man, it didn't look good when it happened in the game. And 
it wasn't good. And I hate that for Andrew Anthony. He's been he's been such a bright spot for this offense. His speed has really I, I thought it really brought something. It, it brought a true vertical threat to this OU offense that you know they didn't really have in my mind heading into the season. He's been really crisp with his route running. He's been even more impressive, right? As a blocker, like the effort, and that's the football gods did him dirty, man. Yeah. I mean, he blows his knee out on an extra effort play, blocking for his quarterback who takes off scrambling. But man, I I hate this, but it's the next man up mentality, right? That's injuries happen in this game, and unfortunately, the Sooners are they're they're losing a pivotal guy. And not going to happen for the rest of the season. It, it's not something they can't overcome, but man, it it doesn't help, right? I mean, this it's really unfortunate, Ted. No, it is. It's um, it's tough. I hate that for him because he was, you know, he's our leading receiver um for yards. You know, it's the good thing I think is we didn't have a number one receiver in a sense that everything goes through that guy, right? Really, for the most part, he, uh, Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops were pretty even as far as receptions. Um, you know, he had the most yards because he was kind of the downfield threat. So yeah, I, I think it's a it's it's better in a sense that we're not losing a guy that everything has been channeled through in the passing game. Uh, and you do feel like we we are in a good position for someone to step in and, and fill that role, and it feels like maybe Farouk, he's like a back half of the season guy, it feels like, right, after last year, and he's coming off of his best game, so maybe he's going to transition into maybe taking that that wide receiver one role, and Nick Anderson, you just kind of move it down a little bit, right? You expect Nick Anderson to step in and and do more than what he's done. Uh, he's he's gotten a lot of reps, but you expect his chunk of reps to go up, and then Jaden Gibson kind of to step in a little bit more to the role that that Nick Anderson was in, and then maybe maybe Brendan Thompson or um, L.V. Bunkley Shelton, like someone else is going to have to to jump in there and start getting some more reps as well. I feel like there's some good talent there. You just you know, you hate it for, for Andrew Anthony. I guess if you're going to say, hey, you're going to have a an ACL at some point in the season, I think, like, this is kind of the, like, where you would want it. Eight months kind of feels like the new timeline for, for ACL injuries. And, you know, that kind of puts him back to where hopefully he can have a full summer of, of really working on that thing and then having a full run at fall camp. You know, I you hate it for the guy, but I guess that's the positive you can take out of it. Yeah, I think basically saying, if you're going to blow your knee out, right, do it earlier in the season. Yeah. Right, you don't want to be, like, look at Cam Rising's situation at Utah. That's right. I mean, that's where, I mean, it almost. tons of pressure to rush it back. And, right. Yeah, I, it feels like he's going to be in a in a good spot, at least as long as everything goes okay. Yeah, but there's no doubt it's a loss. But yeah. uh, I loved how you framed it. Like, Farouk's got to step up. Drake Stoops has it. Like, everyone has to step up. And then 
Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, like those are two guys that have wanted more opportunities. Yep. And they've been getting more opportunities, but they're going to get even more now. And then Brendan Thompson's interesting because he doesn't have he doesn't have Andrew Anthony's size, right? But what he does have is that speed to threaten the defense vertically. So if he can stay healthy, and right now you've got this bye week, an extra week to you know, maybe really get him going and understanding the offense, right? He's only been here for a little bit. So maybe that's a guy you sprinkle in there, right? And you you utilize that speed he's got, which is something that Andrew Anthony brought. But yeah, it's it's a loss, man. It's a big loss. But wide receiver, the depth is. I mean, we were questioning it coming into the season, mm-hmm. right? And I think the argument could be made. It's been the best position group on the entire football team. Yeah, you've gotten excellent play from your starters you've gotten excellent play from young guys that have been been role players it's been super productive I can't think outside of you know just a handful of drops hasn't been an issue in fact I would say that it's it's the flip side of that last year drops were an issue this year they're not and guys are making a bunch of great one-on-one plays um I, I love the effort that we've got out of the blocking out of those guys. Uh, you know, so I, I think that the wide receiver group is definitely one of the positions up there that you have to rate the highest. I mean, they've, they've been big factors in all the wins. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. So Venables also said McCade Matoyer has an ankle sprain said he will quote, be back sooner rather than later, which is great. I'm, He's been pretty dang consistent, man. And one thing, it's it's hard to quantify leadership along the offensive line. But he brings a lot of leadership to that group, and I think he l- brings a lot of leadership to that offense. And I- I'm interested to see, hey, is it going to be Caleb Schaefer, the guy at right guard? Is Troy Everett a guy that can bump over and play right guard while, you know, Caden Green or Savion Bird's playing left guard? I, I don't know, but I know this. Beating Bo's going to be moving guys around this week on the practice field. Yep. Right. Cause now if McCade's going to miss a couple games, because that was, I mean, that was a really bad sprain. You would expect him to miss some, some games. What's your best five. Right. And that's where you've got the bye week. You've got next week, you know, leading into the UCF game. You, you've got some time to figure that out, but. The hope is someone really separates themselves at the right guard spot and, and can and can really hold that spot down until McCade is back. And it's one of those things where they need someone to show that they can be trusted and play at a relatively high level at that spot so that they don't have to rush McCade back off that ankle. Yeah. So I am I'm optimistic, right? I, I think they've got a few good options, but I'm certainly interested in what that lineup looks like next Saturday against UCF. Yeah, I you know, it's 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 for a bunch of reasons the where this bye week falls is uh has been a real blessing and, and needed. Um try and get healthy with some guys, but try and work in some some guys that are filling in spots of injured injured players and I don't know. I I feel confident that 
Kane Green with some extra reps is going to continue to, you know, his ascent. I mean, he's he, he feels like a kid that's very dialed in, physically gifted enough, has it, and, you know, there's some difference between the tackle and the guard position that you've gone through with him that, that you know, he needs to work on, and I'm sure a little extra time. And, I mean, I I don't know that, that most people re- realize the difference in – how you're coached as a starter as opposed to a backup and how much more individual uh, like coaching that you get. I mean, you got to imagine if there's a hundred reps, I know there's more than that in a practice, the starter probably gets 80 of them, right? So you're getting all the individual coaching during those 80 reps. And then whenever you go back and watch the practice film, you're getting most of the coaching there too. So I uh, if if he's working as the starting guard on the left side and and whoever that is on the right, like those those guys are going to be getting a heck of a lot more coaching than they have been. And usually you could see a guy make some really good jumps in not very much time once they move into that starter role. No doubt. All right. The last piece of OU news. I, at no point did I think we would talk about Danny Stutzman and Jaron Canick's thighs, but here we are, Ted. Uh, I don't know why you didn't. I mean, we've we've done hair, we've done like vi- like ninja videos. <laughs> it's always something with this with this two guys, isn't it? I mean, they're always up to something. They they are definitely always up to something. Uh, so they tweeted out what appeared to be thigh tattoos of. Texas's logo flipped upside down, right? Horns down. That led to quite the conversation on Twitter. Uh, lots of thoughts from all kinds of people. Lots of people wanted to point out that from their perspective, right? Looking down, the logo for Texas was actually right side up. So much discourse around tattoos that weren't even real. Ted, I and I love that Stutzman had to tweet out both thighs as proof. Right. He tweeted out one and people are like, no, no, no. It was the other one in the picture. He was like, uh, okay, here's my other pasty white thigh. Need to get some sun on those bad boys, by the way, Stutzman. Come on, man. Yeah. But just, I mean, it's never not entertaining with these two guys. You've, you're two inside backers, Ted. These are your people. These guys are complete weirdos. And I, I, I love it. They are a content factory. They're acting like this is typical of how offensive linemen usually act. Whoa. Whoa, it's buddy. true. You 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 typically get like offensive linemen have to like become like these really tight groups, and you get some weird behavior whenever you get into tight groups like that. And I don't know. I, I go back to what Venable said at Rudy's, you know, one of the first weeks of the year when we were asking about those two guys. I think it was whenever they all got their hair dyed or anything. He's like, you know, I when I was in school, I had much more of a social life than these guys have. And it kind of feels that way. Are they just bored? You know, like you're, Hey, let's put some fake tattoos on our, on our thighs of all places, right? The thigh. And, um, we'll tweet it out, run a big joke on everyone. Big gotcha moment. I don't even know how you think of that. I, I don't know, but I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> right uh, i loved it i i never thought they were real i was like oh stutzman you are you he's just such a character but 
one one other thing on that guy. Dude, that hype video that OU put out, the uh the recap, hype video, receipts video, whatever you want to call it. My God, an all-timer of a video from OU's social awesome. media team. I mean, that's as that's as good as I've ever seen at any level in any sport. I was watching it. My son would not stop watching it. He's too, <laughs> Ted. He was screaming at my phone, like clapping his hands, like he was fired up. He was ready oh, to go. That's funny. And Stutzman's quote. I mean, that is an all-timer. Uh, all-timer. Oklahoma only fears God into Texas fears Oklahoma. That it I don't know if he came up with that in the moment. I don't know if he had that ready. Whoever came up with it, if it was him, he deserves a damn award, man. That is that's an all-time quote. And it's almost like it's a quote that should go on a t-shirt, which little birdie just informed me our friends at Opolis clothing are going to put it on a t-shirt and they'll be ready by the time this goes out. They should be close to being available on their website. Opolisclothing.com. That's promo crazy. code Ted for 10% off. That's great. Crazy. Uh, it, things happen quick, but you, you know how this, this, this game goes, right? Some of the quotes, some of the like moments, obviously, but that that quote is going to be tied to that player, and it's going to be tied to this game, and it's here forever, right? It's, it's amazing. Forever. Yeah. I mean, that's an all-time quote in sports, in my mind. It's going to be repeated every single year whenever we get to this game, and obviously throughout as well but it's going to be repeated it's going to be on signs in the stands it's going to be like texas is going to have to have a a full-on like media conversation about how are we going to shoot this down every year like we've got to have some type of comeback to this right it's funny well uh, there are some ou fans that are out there going oh no texas is going to be able to use that if we play him again in the big 12 championship game who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I mean, I don't care, man. That's an all-time quote. It's in the moment. Who cares? Some people are like, oh, it was just a regular season win. Shut up. Who cares? It was awesome. Everything about it is awesome. And I, the fact that OU put it out, because you know there was a discussion. Hey, we may have to play them again. Do we, do we put what Stetsman said out? And they all looked around, and they went, we absolutely do. It's too cool for the people not to know. Well, and it's always good, like, you immediately put someone on the defensive, and it makes it worse when they have to defend themselves. Like, whenever you have to try to explain to someone how you're not scared of them, it just doesn't work, you know? Right. It just doesn't work. Right. It's like, we all know. We already know. It's okay. You don't have to explain yourself. It's already, yeah. it's already there. But I... Thank you, Danny Stutzman. And whatever T-shirts Opolis Clothing comes up with, I will be purchasing them because i I don't normally I don't normally react to like quotes like that. And I was sitting there going, "Oh my god, that's so good!" I couldn't believe it, man. That uh, all timer, all time yeah. speech, fantastic. No, it, was, it was great. I thought his speech was great. Venables speech was great just the 
like the camera work and uh, it, the whole thing is just top notch. You know, and oh. it's it's crazy. You know, we saw Oregon's did something similar. It's like a basically a short film documenting a big you know, a big game, a big week, a big couple of days. It's awesome. Now you did have people say trying to credit Deion Sanders for Oklahoma putting that thing out. It's like what you kidding me? Oklahoma has had Sooner Vision for a long time. They've been like they they're constantly getting better putting out stuff, but they've been doing stuff like this maybe before most people. Yeah. I mean, OU's got one of the best like in-house TV and social media operations in the entire country. So, yeah, not everything cool has to has to be attributed to Deion Sanders, okay? It's <laughs> right. just ridiculous. All right. Ted, let's hand out some midseason awards for the Sooners. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's Travel Stops. Love's all says you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamore. It's hunting time in Oklahoma. And if you're looking to buy hunting property, the land doctors can help you find the ideal ranch. They build custom hunting lodges and lakes and can turn Oklahoma's raw land into your personal playground. If you'd like to sell some land or simply just want to add to your portfolio, then call Colton Cole at 405-615-7645 or visit LandDoctors.com. And celebrate with a Schooner All-American Ale, the official craft beer of OU Athletics from Coop Aleworks. Named after the iconic Sooner Schooner that races across Owen Field after an OU score, you can join in on the celebration with an ice-cold beer from Coop Aleworks. You can enjoy it at the Palace on the Prairie, at OU Athletics events, at the bar, at the tailgate, and in the comfort of your own home. For more information on Schooner All-American Ale, visit SchoonerAle.com. Must be 21 to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Schooner All-American Ale, the taste of game day. All right, we do it every year. Mid-season awards. Sooner sitting at 6-0, and number five in the AP poll. Let's start with defensive MVP. What do you think? I mean, it's got to be Stutzman, right? I think Billy Bowman has been really, really good. I think Woody Washington has been really, really good. Gentry Williams, he may be... He may be the the guy that stood out the most when you think about the improvement. Ethan Downs after that Texas performance, but Stutzman is, especially you factor in the speech. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, Stut Stutzman's the only answer, right? Yep. He's I think he's still I haven't I haven't updated it this week, but I think he's still leading the conference in tackles. Um Our stats department numbers. on that real quick. He's got uh, he's got a pick six. He's scored a touchdown this year. Um, you know, he's the, he he's, he's the focal point of the defense, right? You can't talk about Oklahoma's defense right now without talking about Stutzman. Um, he's getting better and better. Still has a long ways to go. I mean, there's still a lot of things that he can improve on, but 
he's playing some really good football right now. And um, I, I, I could, I think he's going to continue getting better. And by the end of the year, he's going to have himself in position for all kinds of awards, uh, all American, all conference, every, everything's on the table right now. And that's really all you can ask for. You know, another name, Peyton Bowen, mm. because I, I know, I don't even know if you would call him a starter. I don't know how you exactly label what he is, but he, he's always got his hands on the football. He's blo- he's batting passes. He's intercepting the ball. He's putting his helmet on it, forcing fumbles. He's recovering fumbles. He's blocking punts. I. Uh, that do uh, if there's a freshman MVP, mine goes to Peyton Bowen. I, yeah, I think that is. Uh, I mean, PJ has shown some flashes, mm-hmm. but Peyton Bowen has been. I mean, he's been a difference maker in the back end, especially when some guys have gone down. Right, we've we've yep. seen multiple guys miss time at safety, and when guys have gone down, like he stepped right in and played at a very high level. Stutzman officially gets the award, though, right? Defensive yep. MVP midseason. Yep. So I looked it up. He is first in the Big 12 in tackles with 58. He is second in the league. Right. And remember, this is an inside backer with 10 and a half TFLs. Big time. And he's also he's the emotional leader of the defense. You mentioned it. He's playing at an all-American butt kiss award type level. And he's he's had to battle through that stinger issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so he's played sure. at a high level and he's done it right. Battling through some pain, which is, which is really impressive to me. I do want to give Woody Washington some shine. He's got like 26 tackles on the year, but it's been so quiet for him, which typically is a very, very good thing at corner. So I think he, dude, I think he's been extremely consistent and, and, and deserves you know, deserve some shine for the level of consistent he consistency he's shown this season. Yeah, you know, and he's coming off a good Texas game. He had a huge play that right that very first play of the game. Uh, he made an awesome play. Uh, great defense on that deep ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's he's been great. Yeah, uh, you can't say enough about how important it is to have a corner that you could just kind of put over there and not worry about. Right, uh, you know what you're going to get. Week in, week out, he's going to be locked in and and give you really good coverage. He's been great. And Gentry Williams is starting to feel that way too. I mean, especially with how he's played some of that bubble stuff on the outside, just throwing guys around and then making physical tackles. Right, If he can, he's battled some injury issues, right? If he can stay healthy, right? What's he got, three interceptions? Like, the guy just makes plays. Yeah. So the corner situation is... I mean, one of the big question marks coming into the season was that corner opposite of Woody Washington. And Gentry Williams, man, he has he's played some really good football when he's been healthy. What's crazy is you know, he has, and I expect that to continue. Josiah Wagner, who, you know, through training camp looked like was gonna possibly have that starting spot or at least be a heavy rotational guy, split time there, you know has had some some injury issues to fight through so i i don't even think you're getting the full the full scope of of what that corner position is looking like right now it's 
the trajectory for that position group looks really good. No doubt about it. So, Danny Stetsman, congratulations. You are the midseason defensive MVP. Probably the most prestigious award you're going to get all year long, okay? It's a, it's a big deal. The Oklahoma Breakdown midseason defensive MVP. Very prestigious stuff. All right, on the offensive MVP. I mean, we, we can talk about the other guys, right? We can talk about, hey, Nick Anderson. All the dude seems to do is score touchdowns. Had the game winner against Texas. Guy's got six touchdowns on 11 catches. It's crazy. Right. Andrell Anthony, right? I know he's done for the rest of the year, but what he did for this football team in the front half, right? Having the most catches, or I, I guess having the most yards. You know, he only had one touchdown, but he, he provided a serious deep threat for this offense. Had a couple really nice catches throughout the season as well. Drake Stoops, Mr. Consistency. He's got the most catches on the team. Right? He's got four touchdowns. I don't know how many third downs he's converted, but it's a lot. But we're really just, I mean, you got to hand it to Dylan Gabriel. There's really just not, there's not another option here. Ted, he has, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the country, right? And I think everyone came to that realization all at the same time. We'd been saying it. Right, he's playing like one of the best guys in the country, but now everyone he put everyone on notice with that final drive against Texas. Yeah, and you know it's it was building at the right time, right? The Iowa State game at home that was one of the talking points coming out of that game. Is hey, Dylan Gabriel's got a little different edge to him right now. The way he's running the football, he's got some attitude, he's being aggressive, and he carried that right into the Texas game, and obviously that that game-winning drive and game-winning throw is, is you know, perfect build for the second half of the season. He's the MVP, and my hope is we're about to see the stretch run and the best of Dylan Gabriel because there is no doubt, and it's the same at every position, but maybe even more so at quarterback. When you got that confidence rolling, some special things can happen. Oh, and there's no doubt, right? He's he's the same guy, but he's not from this point on, right? Yep. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. Now, a look at the numbers real quick. Completing 72% of his of his passes, uh, just shy of 1,900 yards, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's got 208 rush yards and five rushing touchdowns and one iconic game-winning drive. In OU Texas, the numbers are good. The efficiency is off the charts. I mean, he's been really, really good. And congratulations to DG, the mid-season <laughs> offensive MVP award from the Oklahoma Breakdown. It truly historic stuff for the starting yep. quarterback. Impressive. And here's the thing, man. That Heisman race. Mm. Don't Caleb Williams, out. USC may win. They, they're going to win some games, but with the way that defense is playing, they're going to lose some games. Yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to win it. Um, I would say whoever comes out of it, and we're going to we're going to preview Oregon, Washington, mm -hmm. the quarterback that comes out of that on the right side, probably in a really good spot, right? Yep. When it comes to the Heisman talk, Jordan Travis at Florida State has, I mean, he's had a rough go of it lately. Yeah. I know people don't want to say it, but 
when you really look at it, if OU takes care of business, man, Dylan Gabriel could win the Heisman Trophy. I know. And he's got that moment, too. Everyone watched that drive. He has the moment. I don't think, I don't think, um, like winning back to back Heisman trophies is, I know it's been done, but it's like that, that barrier that you just almost don't cross. No matter what it looks like, it's almost impossible to win it back to back. Caleb Williams is the best player in college football, right? And if we're talking about who the best is, like they should, they could stop it right now and just hand it to him. But it's not necessarily just about that, right? And I would say that USC is nationally like trending down. It was exciting last year. I don't think it's as exciting this year. So I don't think he's going to get that vote. I think it's if Dylan Gabriel plays really well, like I expect, and Oklahoma goes and wins wins the Big 12 championship. And one loss team, perhaps undefeated team at the time, he's going to have as good of a claim to it as anyone else because the numbers I imagine are going to be there. No, I'm, I'm with you. The eight, if they continue to win football games, at the very least, he's going to have a seat there at the ceremony in New York City, which is a big damn deal, man. It's, I mean, not only for him personally, but for the program, right? Because just think about, think about some of the conversation around OU and the offense. It was, oh, well, Lincoln Riley's gone. You know, it, they're they're not going to have, they're they're not going to have the guys at quarterback anymore. They're not going to have those Heisman caliber guys. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you, do you kind of want? Jordan Travis to win it. And are you invoking the uh the spirits of 2000? Why not? <laughs> you know, why not? Stutzman Stutzman would definitely play the uh Torrance Marshall role, right? Definitely. No definitely. doubt. All right, we got two more awards. Best defensive play. Got some good candidates here, Ted. We've got the Stutzman pick six against Tulsa. Now I'm not sure whether that was a good play by Stethmer or just an awful play by Tulsa's third string quarterback. That is that that's up for debate for sure. You've got the Billy Bowman pick six versus Iowa State that absolutely sent OU fans into a frenzy. That, that was, was awesome. so much fun. You've got the goal line stand against Texas, right? Which feels like the right answer here. Those four plays in a row, I don't think you could separate them. I think you gotta have to view them as a group. And if you'd like to view the breakdown of those four plays check out the Oklahoma Breakdown YouTube page where we go through all four of them and we go through what OU did right. And I was pretty hard on Steve Sarkeesian and some of the play design after watching it back. I was, uh, was a little critical. Well, but, I, I think it's all fair. Yeah, but uh, I guess if you have to pick a play in that group of plays, you got to go with the fourth down stop from Bowman and McCullough on Xavier Worthy. <sighs> Bowen destroying Jatavion Sanders for the Kendall Dolby interception. That's my favorite play of the season. Like the tone that that set, like Bowman just blasting him. I mean, dis dislodging the football, just uh, that play. I 
loved that play. So we got a tough choice. I'm going to, I'm going to let you make it because you're Mr. Defense, but just so you know, Boyman, uh, Bowman destroying Sanders and then resulting in an interception. That was my favorite player of the year so far on defense. Yeah, that was awesome. And we had to have it. I mean, that was a pivotal moment. Um, they were about to punch it in after what, I think that's whenever we missed the fourth down, right? We turned it over on downs. So to get that stop, no, 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 I've, I've got that backwards. That was the goal line stand. But anyways, just going through those, I think it's closer with Bowman on MVP than maybe we we gave Ooh. him credit for. Like, when you just think about it, he – I'll say fourth, this. The fourth down stop on the goal line, the pick six against Iowa State, um, the blowing up Jatavian Sanders that forced that, that interception. I mean – there's a lot of really like pivotal plays in there. I'll say this. Going back and watching the tape of OU's defense in that game, and this isn't this isn't a knock on anyone else. To me, and this includes the guys on offense for Texas, I thought Billy Bowman was the best player on the field. Mm-hmm. I just how sudden and explosive, how physical he played. It wasn't. He made some mistakes, right? They gave up some stuff defensively. There's no debating that. But, Ted, sometimes a guy just jumps off the tape to you, and I don't know all the nuances of defense like you know, but I know this. Billy Bowman played as fast and as physical as anyone on that field in the Cotton Bowl. To me, when it was Texas offense on the field and OU's defense, I thought Billy Bowman – was the standout player. Now, yeah. you may see it differently, but that's how I saw it. No, I mean, he often is, and you just going back through a lot of the, the biggest plays of the season, he's heavily, heavily involved in those. So it, you got you to pick one, man. This is a prestigious award. This is the Oklahoma Breakdown mid-season best defensive play. Got to pick I'm one. With the, I'm going with the goal line stand. And if that's the the fourth down, then that's the fourth down. If I have to in, pick out the play, because that's it. I mean, obviously, I Stutzman's pick six is awesome. Bowman's pick six against Iowa State is awesome. Like all of those things are great, but like that's the one play that you can point to in the biggest game that people are going to remember forever. Completely agree. I mean, completely agree. All right, let's get to best offensive play. Some interesting candidates here. Let's go in order. Farouk, Jalil Farouk touchdown versus SMU. Right, I we're all we're all fired up about OU's win over Texas, but let's remember that game had just been cut to fourteen to eleven. Mm-hmm. It was second and fifteen on that play. He catches it and kind of just throws the corner off his back and then jukes the safety into another dimension and scores a touchdown, gives the Sooners a little breathing room, right, in that football game. Huge play in the season. You've got the deep ball touchdown from Dylan Gabriel to Nick Anderson versus Iowa State where, Ted, for us, it felt like the ball was in the air for forever. But just a beautiful throw. Uh, Nick Anderson continuing to make plays. Jaden Gibson versus Iowa State on the fourth down, the touchdown. Awesome. 
Yeah, fourth down. Needed it at the time. That was that was huge. huge. Dylan Gabriel's best throw of the year. Yeah. The accuracy, layering it, layering it over the underneath defender in front of the safety. Gibson seeing that he's going to get hit, absorbing the hit, staying on his feet, running through guys, carrying guys into the end zone. Just an awesome play. Then a couple more. And this may be my favorite play. And it's it it didn't gain very many yards, but it's just as great. Tawi Walker steamrolling that corner from Cincinnati out in the flat. <laughs> I just I love that play so much because we knew exactly what was what was about to happen. It was like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. Boom. Yeah, it's it's like someone walking out and setting the ball on the tee or like a slow motion car collision, you know what's about to happen. That was awesome. And my favorite part of it is he just continues to run through him and put, you know, footprints all over his chest as he runs over him and <laughs> gets more yards. Just incredible. So good. Oh, so good. But feels like the only answer is Dylan Gabriel's game winner to Nick Anderson. I mean, that's got to be the answer. It caps off an all-time drive in OU football history. Not not just in the history of OU Texas, but in OU football history. That is that is a drive and a play that every OU fan's going to remember. Right? Like that's that's so cool and that's why I, I think it's the only choice. For a very prestigious award, okay? The Oklahoma Breakdown Mid-Season Offensive Play of the Year. And that includes Walter Rouse blocking two guys, right? Left arm, right arm. And that clip of him talking about it is fantastic. Oh, fantastic yeah, stuff. Got the, uh, what, the Outland Trophy yeah. of the week? That's yeah, big. it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And also, I know he's got a big, big brain. I know he's got that Stanford degree. But, hey, come on, Walter. And you're done with a long NFL career. Come on to the media side of things, buddy. Yeah, You're built for good. it. He's pretty good. You're built for it. I'm telling you, big fella. But there's just so many parts of that play. Rouse's block. I loved it. Texas, like, Levy in that moment. Because remember, they run QB draw. And they get set. And they still use motion. Right? The clock is ticking. Like, the game is ticking down. And I don't know if Texas didn't expect any motion to happen. But they didn't communicate the motion. Nick Anderson is standing wide open in the back of the end zone. You've got the fact him just audibly screaming as well, which is such a great celebration. Everything about that play is, I mean, it's just so memorable and so awesome. man. Well, so I, that's my choice. I will let you hand out the award, though. Well, uh, just real quickly, to reference the X's and O's video we put out, that fourth down stop by Billy Bowman with the two guys playing in and out on the two receivers, we motion and create that same exact situation with the two eligibles to Dylan Gabriel's left, and they screw up the in and out call, and they both cover cover uh, the underneath guy, and you can see them screaming at each other afterwards. Um, so I, that's that's the difference right there, right? Whenever you've gone through everything the whole game, and you got an opportunity right there, and you've got to communicate that stuff. You know, at the moment, on the fly, in the fire, with all the crowd around you, that's why it's difficult. But that's easily the the best play of the season offensively. And honestly, 
Best play offensively since when? Game winner on a to cap off a drive in under a what two minutes? So that's easily number one, and that one's going to be hard to knock off the mantle for a no while. No doubt about it. Congratulations, Dylan Gabriel, Nick Anderson, Walter Rouse gets a shout out there as well. Now, Ted. Be, before we move on to our previews, I I just received some uh some mock-ups Ooh. from our friends over at Opolis Clothing. Check this out. We've got Stutzman smoking the cigar in the locker room on the That's front. Awesome. Check out the back. Yeah, beautiful. You, so you get the quote. best of both worlds. You get the quote and the picture. Oh, they're gonna sell so many of those. That's pretty sweet. I yeah. thought they were going to go with like the, the quote over the picture, you know. But yeah, I, I don't whatever. make design decisions. You need uh, you need the quote big and bold on the back, just right there. Let, for the, world let the people know. Awesome. All right, call your shot. Actually, oh, almost forgot. Call your shot. We asked you guys your favorite play of the season up to this point. I like this one. I knew you would appreciate this one. Ted, this comes from Unfair Sports Coop, who says Gentry's interception versus Texas. It showed that Canick got that proper drop into the passing lane, and Gentry benefited from a double clutch. Look at our man Coop talking about zone drops. Let's go. Yeah, awesome. And you could see before the play and on that drive, the communication was locked in. Everyone knew exactly where to go. And and yeah, just a a film study. He's jumping that route because he knows exactly what they're going to get out of out of uh, that formation. So it was an awesome play and set the tone. Two weeks in a row interception on the first series. That's big time. Yeah, uh, I mean, no doubt about it. Now this other one comes from John Shoup. Who this this is a good one. This is one we didn't mention. He said Dylan Gabriel being pushed slash pulled into the end zone by Tawi Walker, Drake Stoops, and Walter Rouse to go up 17-6 to and take control of that Cincinnati game. He said, team effort, DG will not be denied. I love that one. I had kind of forgotten about that play. But, yeah, remember it kind of got stacked up there at the goal line, yep. and then he ends up, you know, kind of pushing his way in. That's the, that's the extra effort, right? The uncommon effort. Venables talks about it all the time. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a great one from John Shoot. That's. That's good play. I like it. Yeah, very good. Very good. Plenty to choose from over the first half of the season for sure. Hopefully the back half we have some good ones too. Yeah. We'll we'll hand out the awards at the end of the season. Now, I'm not sure if they're as prestigious as the midseason awards. Midseason awards are a big deal, okay? Big deal. Big yeah. Deal. But all right, let's get to our week seven previews of college of the biggest games in college football. But first, all right, it's OU's bye week, so come kick it with John Vance Auto Group and support Make-A-Wish Oklahoma at Midwest Lift Fest on Saturday, October 14th from noon to 5, right behind John Vance Auto Group in Guthrie, America. A $25 per vehicle entry fee will give you access to everything your gear head heart desires, including food trucks, off-road obstacle course tours, retail vendors, and a raffle tent with all kinds of off-roading goodies. They'll even keep those younger daredevils entertained with an inflatable carnival and with electric bikes and a custom course. The best part 
is everything goes towards an incredible cause as we all rally to bring wishes to life for Make-A-Wish Oklahoma. So get up and gear up for Midwest Lift Fest on Saturday, October 14th from noon to 5 behind John Vance Auto Group in Guthrie. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. It's the perfect spot to watch any big game. And with all the garage locations being open till 10 p.m. or later every night, it's the go-to late-night spot. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, we've got a couple good ones in Week 7 of college football. Let's start with number 8, Oregon. Going to number seven, Washington. It's going to be 230 on ABC. Currently, Washington is a three-point favorite. I cannot wait for this game. Two of the best quarterbacks in the country in Bo Nix and Michael Penix. I think these are two of the best teams in all of college football. They're certainly, in my opinion, the best two teams in the Pac-12. But there's going to be a lot made about the offenses coming into this game, and rightfully so. Right, Bo Nix is great. And I think that Oregon may have the best rushing attack in all of college football with, with what Bucky Irving can do to at the running back spot and then what Knicks can do with his legs in the running game. And then Washington, I don't even know if it's an argument. I think they got the best passing attack yeah. in all of college football. You, you've got Penix at QB. You've got Adunze. You've got Polk. You've got McMillan there at wide receiver. And it sounds like all those guys are going to be ready to go for this one. But am I... Am I crazy to think that this one's going to come down to the defenses? No, I don't think you're crazy. I think it will to some degree. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like Oregon's the more balanced football team. But I don't know, man. I just, it's it's out of character for me because Oregon is really kind of set up how I'd like a football team to be set up. But I think Washington's air attack, passing attack is just going to chew them up. Really? Yeah. I, I like Oregon. Am I, I Husky stadium is going to be insane for this game. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be an awesome atmosphere, but in big games, I, I typically I typically pick the team I think that's better at the line of scrimmage. And I think Oregon's just a little better at the line of scrimmage. Like I trust I trust Oregon's defense to get a few more stops than Washington's. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not sure if Washington can't run the ball or they just don't run the ball. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But in a game like this, give me the team that I think is better along the offensive line and defensive line. And going into this one, man, I I think that's Oregon. I yeah. love this setup for this game, though. Top 10 mashup 
both teams coming off a bye. Seems like both teams are going to be as healthy as they can be. No, both undefeated. It doesn't get much better than this, man. No, no, this is, this is, this is the biggest game the Pac 12's had in a long time. It feels like, like legit between legitimate contenders, right? I know the Oregon Colorado game had a, had big viewership, but this is legitimate contenders. And I, I cannot say anything negative about you going with Oregon. Typically, I would, and if this game was in Oregon, I probably would. But I think that I think Washington being at home, having the passing attack that I think is is going to really frustrate Oregon. I'm taking Washington, but I mean this one really to me is can go either way. I hope it's a great game. I expect it to be a great game. That's all I really want, right? We got no dog in this race. I just want to be entertained. Man, I think we're going to get a really, really good football game between two very good football teams. So I am, I'm fired up. I don't know how many stops it's going to take, right? If a defense could get three stops, four stops, I, I don't know, force a couple field goals. I don't know why I think Oregon's going to go win that game. It's going to be a really hostile environment, right? I've heard that that place gets loud, loud. Yeah, yeah, I so, agree. I've heard the same thing. But, hey. Can't wait. Going to be fun. All right, next game. Number 10, USC. They keep winning and dropping in the polls. <laughs> at number 21, right. at number 21, Notre Dame. This game is 630 on NBC. The Fighting Irish are currently a three-point favorite. Both teams coming off disappointing performances, but at least USC won their game, right, against Arizona. It took overtime, but they won the game. USC's defense, they, they're undoubtedly a liability. But I also kind of look at Notre Dame, especially that offense, a little differently after what Louisville did to them at the line of scrimmage. I mean, you think about that. Louisville gashed them with their run game, especially in the second half. And then Notre Dame could not run the ball against Louisville. So could USC's defense maybe have a little more success than we think in this one? I think that's a possibility, but here's where I'm at with this game. One team has Caleb Williams. The other team does not. I like the team with Caleb Williams. Sam Hartman has not looked sharp in their last couple football games. Is USC, I kind of think they're going to go win the game. I think they have an advantage at head coach, right? But... You know, Lincoln Riley has been in a lot more of these than Marcus Freeman. I kind of like the Trojans to surprise a lot of people and go win. Yeah, I I think that, you know, they've kind of got that, that I know they're only a three-point dog and they're going on the road. That's that's kind of how it should be. You you know, you, you can't be surprised with that. But it it does have the feeling with, with USC that they've got a bunch of haters and they can kind of rally behind that. But I Notre Dame is the best team that USC has played this year by a million miles. And I just, I, I don't think that Caleb Williams can continue to do it all on his own 
all on the road. Defense, I think, is is going to, you know, do what they do. Maybe force a couple of turnovers, but you know they're they're going to give up some some points. I think I think being on the road is a big deal, especially for a guy that's mobile like Caleb Williams. There's something about that grass up there that just sucks the athleticism out of players. You know, it's just, and I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, um. Oh wait, they went to turf, didn't they? Yeah, they've got turf. Yeah, they went to turf. I which forgot feels, about that. which feels, it just feels wrong. It feels very wrong. Yeah, I forgot they went to turf, but still, I, I don't think Caleb Williams is going to be able to do this one single handedly, and and that's really what he has to do on a week in week out basis. Notre Dame's just too good, too balanced of a football team. I think it's going to be – I bet Caleb Williams probably has the ball in his hands with an opportunity to go win the football game late. Yeah. I hope that's what we get, right? That's that's what we all want. I feel like that's what we get with USC, whether they're playing the best team in their conference or one of the best teams in the country or the worst team. It's kind of the same, same result. It's just going to be a close game no matter what. Yeah. Now, it is interesting, right? This is the fourth primetime game in a row. For Notre Dame, and you know, I don't want to make any excuses for them, but they they did look a little worn out last week on the road to Louisville. Uh, now this one is south is in South Bend. You got to imagine they're going to have all the energy in the world, right? Feed off that crowd. That's why I think it's really really important. If USC wants to win this game, you got to start fast, right? You gotta you gotta get that crowd there in South Bend grumbling a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Are we really going to lose this one too? Uh, because this game's lost a little sizzle already. Right? Notre Dame already has two losses. College football playoff hopes are gone for the Irish. There's there's some discussion among the fan base. Like, hey, is Marcus Freeman the guy for the job? If you're USC, like you have to, if you get off to a hot start, then... I mean, then it's the the uh, the energy starts getting a little weird there in that stadium, or at least that would be my guess. But I guess the big question is, hey, can Notre Dame get Audric Estimate going on the ground? Their O line did not play well against I Louisville, agree. so it's kind of a shock. I I will not be surprised at all if USC and go goes and wins this game because they have Caleb Williams. The he's the he's field. that good. That helps. All right, any other games this weekend that have your attention, Ted? We've got number 25, Miami, going to number 12, North Carolina. We've got number 18, UCLA, going to number 15, Oregon State. Ooh, that is going to be a physical football game. And then we've got, hey, A&M going to number 19, Tennessee. Lose that one, and the the Ooh. discourse around Jimbo Fisher intensifies quickly. <laughs> Yeah, and that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough one to go win. Um, now, I, I Tennessee obviously is not the team they were a year ago, but that's still going to be an incredibly difficult place to go play and go win, especially coming off of a of a disappointment there at home against Alabama. Um, you know, I'm interested in the Miami North Carolina game. I think Miami may go in there and get smoked. I with the disappointment from that last game and everyone 
talking about your coach and maybe guys starting to second guess some things a little bit, like they're in a, they're in a, oh, uh, not a, a spot that you would want to be in right now going into play uh, against a guy like Drake May. No doubt. And North Carolina is going to have the best player on the field, right? And Drake May. Also, that North Carolina defense, man, they substantially got improved. Yeah. They got my respect early whenever their defensive line absolutely destroyed South Carolina. I felt bad for Spencer Rattler in that game. I know. Dude that was, was running for his life. That feels like a year ago, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I, are, are people sleeping on North Carolina? I know they're ranked 12th, but they may be – they may be the class of the ACC, man. I mean, I know, I know that Florida State is is the team that everyone's talking about, and those those two teams do not play each other in the regular season. Here's what's crazy: like if they meet up in the in the conference championship game, like the real trump card that Florida State kind of carries into every game with them is they've got the best quarterback, right? They ain't gonna right. have the best quarterback in that game. No crazy i some people think that no matter who unc lines up against that they have the best quarterback yeah i mean i i know some guys that do the nfl draft stuff for a living and they they like may more than caleb williams and it's hard to argue with that because he's a really good athlete and he's so much bigger than caleb williams he's like 6'4 230 right or close big to guy it. big yeah. guy so i mean that durability is a factor for sure yeah i if I could pick any other game to watch this weekend, I I do like the drama that comes with Texas A&M at Tennessee. But, dude, give me UCLA, Oregon State. I know. There, is, there are going to be pads popping in that game. That UCLA defense versus that rushing attack from Oregon State, sign me up. Cannot wait. Yeah. Going to be fun. Yep. It's not, uh, hey, who would have Corvallis thought? is a weird place, man. Weird stuff happens in Corvallis. Yeah. Who would have thought UCLA and Oregon St- State would be setting the tone physically for a fall afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. As we all expected. <laughs> all right. Let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first, do you have difficulty sitting for long periods of time or can't lay on your side due to pain? Well, It's a hip thing, and the only person to go see is Dr. Brandon Johnson at the Hip Clinic in Oklahoma City. No matter your age, the Hip Clinic has the experience and knowledge to help ease your hip pain and preserve your hip joint. Don't let the pain hold you back any longer. Don't just accept a hip replacement. Call the Hip Clinic today at 844-KEEP-HIP or visit thehipclinicokc.com. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? I got to go with Mark Stoops. You know, he's just kind of telling it like it is in his coach's show. Um, I don't know exactly what the question was, but um, 
he was talking about Georgia. I can. This is the quote. I can promise you in Georgia, they bought some pretty good players. You're allowed to these days, and we could use some help. That's what they look like whenever you have 85 of them. I encourage anybody that's disgruntled to pony up some more uh, some more money. And that's essentially what he's saying is NIL has changed the game. You can legally, legitimately, uh, air quotes, buy players, and it's happening. Everyone knows it's happening, and it's the same thing, like the, the – if you want to get upset, you got to pony up and get the NILs going because that's how you're going to get the best players. You can you could tie it right into you know a, a bunch of different programs around the country that have had to make decisions between, you know, facilities and all these other things. NIL, man, that's how you're going to get the players to compete. And he's right. Georgia has 85 of them. Uh there there's no doubt now, there, it felt just like a little bit of excuse making. I'm not going to lie, right? Because well, yeah. that was a, I mean, it is, it is what it is. It's an easy but, out. Yeah, it's an easy out, right? That that was a physical beatdown in Athens uh, that Georgia gave Kentucky. But there's a lot of truth to it. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. That's a good you, Kentucky football team. That's a good team. I think Georgia's just. Georgia's Georgia. Yep. They're Georgia again, three years in a row. Just an absolute juggernaut. And we'll see if anyone can do something about it this season. But he he's right. Like they that's NIL influences recruiting in a very big way, especially the transfer portal. But I don't know, man. It, it after that type of loss, is it that time to make that type of statement? Maybe give it two weeks, you know. I but I the honesty, you're never gonna I mean, you're never gonna get a complaint from me about the honesty. And hey, Mike Gundy said something very similar. Yeah. This week as well. He was like, Hey, don't put the money into facilities, put it into NIL. That's what that's what you need. Yeah. What do you say? He's like, Let me give you a scenario. Uh if we were to ask our players, would you rather have fifty thousand in NIL or a new weight room and meeting rooms? What do you think they'd pick? They pick NIL every single day. And that's just not at Oklahoma State. That's everywhere across the country. So, I mean, that transition is happening. Yeah. Mark Stoops' biggest battle is getting NIL money away from the basketball program and getting it over to football. I know. Yeah. Basketball-wise, man, they better get something rolling. I know. Been a while. That's been a while. All right. Who do you have as your loser? of the week i had to go to kansas this situation with daniels at quarterback and the back you, you know it's just strange apparently he's he's good to go for the texas game and then morning of coaching staff doesn't even know about it but the back tightness all of a sudden shows back up and he doesn't play against texas he doesn't play the following week and now he's ruled as uh, what questionable for this this game against Oklahoma State? They're five and one for the first time, and I don't know how long it's been. So credit to Kansas State for going ahead and continuing to win football games. But 
they've got to have the best player on their team if they want to get where they're going. It just seems like there's a lot of mystery around this. I mean, when's the last time you've ever heard of a player missing? I mean, out of six games, what's he played two? And all we're getting is back tightness. It's it's strange, man. Now, they did with, with a full week of preparation for Jason Bean as the starter. They did just absolutely dismantle UCF. Yeah, They rushed for 399 yards. That's crazy, right? We were looking at those stats the other day. Like, if I told you, if I just took away who it was and put up the like the stats as to what happened, you would say that UCF just played like a power five juggernaut, that they just could not, at the line of scrimmage, there was just no match. No, they played Kansas. That's crazy, right? Uh, <laughs> And this is – I wonder if Leipold's to a point where Jalen Daniels is your best player. But I don't know. It's uh, his availability, lack of availability. It's kind of just hanging over that program in a weird way. I agree. So, I I, I don't know. What What do you think about that that trip to Stillwater? What's that, Saturday, 2.30 on FS1? Kansas is a three-point road favorite. Well, it's hard to know what do I think. Do I get Kansas State, Oklahoma State, or do I get Southern Alabama, Oklahoma State? That's the question, knows, man. I don't, right? I don't know. The, the Oklahoma State I watch play against Kansas State is good enough to beat anyone in this conference on a given day, aren't they? But – I, I I can't expect them to play like that. I would say that as good as Kansas's offense is, that they're going to get the win. And I that feel I still feel feel still I, I still feel weird when I pick Kansas to win games. It's like you're picking some huge underdog. No, they run the football incredibly well. Like here's the great thing about their offense, even with being at the helm. They got a bunch of different ways to put up yards and points on you. So I think Kansas gets it done, but it's all about what Oklahoma State team shows up. I'm with you. I like Kansas in that one, and it's just simple for me. Out of all the units in the game, I trust Kansas's offense the most. Mm-hmm. Andy yeah. Kaldanicki's one of the best in the country, right? One of the best offense coordinators in the country now. If Oklahoma State can slow down Kansas's running game and force Bean to beat you throwing it, right? That's what they did to Kansas State. And Will Howard, he looked confused as to what he was seeing on the back end from Oklahoma State's defense. If if they can do that, then yeah, they're gonna have a great chance to win the football game. But that Kansas rushing attack, dude, they carry everything into a game. Zone, split zone. Option, triple option, speed option. They've got pin pull. They've got counter. Dude, they have every concept under the sun. And they run it all with different shifts and motions before the snap. Like, preparing for that team has to be an absolute nightmare. I love that. That's how everyone used to be. And now everyone relies on those damn RPOs. So 
everyone runs the same little inside split zone, and that's about like 90% of the running game in college football where the quarterback either hands it off or pulls it and throws the, you know, the little slant or the RPO route. Sucks. I That's what I can't, out of all the offenses in the country, like when you look at their run game, Kansas may be my favorite to watch on tape. There's just so much variety. They do some interesting stuff, man. There's some concepts. They just leave defensive tackles unblocked. They just let them go. It's just like, wait, it's like, wait, what's (laughs) happening? It's, uh, it's fun, but yeah, that's a tough test. That's a tough test for, for Kansas going into Stillwater. It's going to be a rowdy crowd. So we'll, we'll see how they handle it. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first, elevate your tailgate with Chapel Supply and Equipment in Oklahoma City. Chapel Supply and Equipment has generators and inverters on hand that'll give you all the power you need so you can take your tailgate to the next level. They've also got top-of-the-line heaters to keep you warm during those cold tailgates later in the season. They're Oklahoma-owned and operated. Elevate your tailgate by calling 405-495-1722 or visit chapelsupply.com. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L supply.com. And First Fidelity Bank knows how to keep fans like you happy with more than 50 awards in the last five years, including Forbes Best In-State Bank, the Oklahoma's Community Choice Awards, and the Journal Records Reading Rankings. It's clear that they are Oklahoma's number one pick for quality banking. And you can find that level of outstanding service in everything FFB offers. Open an account at an award-winning bank today at FFB. Dot com. First Fidelity Bank, we go where you go. And head to opaliskclothing.com. Oh, Come on, Ted. Uh, head to opaliskclothing.com for our podcast merchandise and the best OU gear out there. And the new Stutzman t-shirt. That's opaliskclothing.com. O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. That's opaliskclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. Okay. For my winner of the week, thought about going with Kelvin Kiptum. Does that ring a bell at all, Ted? No. Well, it's about to. (laughs) Insanity. This dude ran the Chicago Marathon in two hours and 35 seconds. World record. Shattered the previous world record by 34 seconds. That's crazy. Running like that is, uh, it is unfathomable to me. Now, Kiptum, he's a uh, native Kenyan, and a lot of people think he's just going to be an absolute star. Is it called marathoning? Marathoning? Is that a word? Yeah, I guess. But that's just insane. I like, I went on YouTube and watched the running highlights of this guy. I was like, wait, wait, wait. World record shattered. I got to see what this looks like. His 22nd mile, he ran it in like four minutes and 18 seconds. The 22nd mile of a marathon. Well, I'm just trying to do some math in my head right now and trying to figure out what the pace is for 26 miles to run it in two hours. Like that is, that's hauling some serious ass. I mean, he's, I'm I'm guessing he's well under five minutes a mile the entire way, right? Oh Great. yeah. I think it's close to like four and a half minutes. <laughs> it's insane, dude. That's that's a speed 
so he's running basically 13 miles an hour. Most treadmills don't even go that fast. They go to like 12. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's insane. Dude, it is. It is insane. Yeah, it's it's just over. I think I did some quick math. It's like just over 4.6. Yeah, so yeah, like the little over four and a half minutes. Like maybe like 434 or something like that. It's insane. Yeah. It, I, like I can't even comprehend running that long that fast. Like it just doesn't even make sense to me. It's for 99% of the world's population. That's like faster than a full sprint, a full sprint for 26 miles for two hours. It's nuts. Wow. But my winner of the week, the Oklahoma City Thunder, baby, the squad is back. Let's go. Almost time for the regular season. Went to the preseason game on Monday night against the Spurs. Yeah, I wanted to see Wimbanyama. Okay. But I wanted to see my man Chet Holmgren. And this just in. Chet Holmgren, good at basketball. <laughs> 21 points, hit a couple threes, nine rebounds. Dude was all over the glass, had a block, altered a lot of shots. He's so tall. <laughs> He's so long. The thing that stood out, just seeing him in person, man, hit the way he can control his body at that size is really impressive. Like the footwork is really solid. I, in the in summer league, his handle was a little loose. It was tightened up in this game. He's just, I mean, it looks odd because of how thin and long he is, but dude, he's a smooth athlete. Yeah. Finished a lob through contact. I think Jalen Williams threw it to him. This dude is legit, man. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah. Crazy. I know it's preseason, but 21 points in 16 minutes. Hit like doing everything, hit a couple threes. That's how much of a difference is he going to make for the team? Like, is is this like a dramatic addition? Well, I think he changes their defense completely, right? They've got a true rim protector and it's going to be interesting to see how much he shoots offensively, right? They got a lot of guys that are going to want to get shots up, but he, he just gives them a presence defensively that they haven't had. Right. And, the good thing about him is when, when you play him at center, like it really spaces the floor. But you just think of like he can pull guys out because he can shoot three. Yeah. And you think about what that means for Giddy getting to the basket, for Shea, who's one of the best at getting to the rim in the entire league. Jalen Williams, that dude just continues to punish the rim. Like it's like he he wants to rip the rim off when he's dunking the ball. It's awesome. That's good. That's good. But the only thing I'll say is there was a chance, and I, Chet Holmgren made the complete right decision. There was a fast break. Wimbanyana had it. It was him and Chet one-on-one. And Wimbanyana went up for a dunk, and I was like, oh, my gosh, is he going to jump and try to block it? It's preseason. He didn't do it, but, man, I wish he would have. I wanted to see it real bad. How good does uh, Wimbanyana look? All the stuff I said about Chet. Applies to him, but he's taller and longer. <laughs> and maybe even a little more fluid. Yeah. It was, and I I was trying to mentally prepare 
to witness it in person. First of all, my son saw Wimbenyama and he was like, what is that? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be really good, buddy. He, it's breathtaking to watch a guy that tall and that long move the way that he does and to have the level of skill that he has. Like I was sitting there watching it, dude. I didn't even know how to react. Like watching it in person, I was just, you kind of sit there and you go, what is this? Like, what's happening? And he's got a really nice looking shot, hit a couple threes. He runs really well. There's nothing like lumbering about him. He had a move, Ted, where it happened right in front of us. He went to the right, like on the right side of the lane. He spun to the middle of the lane, went up, and like went underhand with like a left-handed scoop and laid it soft off the glass, like on the other side of the lane. And my brother was at the game too. And I just turned and looked at him and I was like, what was that? That it was almost like, that's cheating. You can't do that. That's unfair. (laughs) That's how it felt. It was what's what's he listed at height wise. I don't know. He's all of four or five inches taller than Holmgren though. Is he, Um, is he like, like seven, five? Is that what he is? Uh, All of it for sure. What's crazy is the difference, like to put that into perspective, the difference between me and LeBron height-wise is the same difference as LeBron and Wimbanyana. Like that is an incredible difference in height. That's nuts. Yeah, it was. I mean, all the, and the guy had an incredible amount of height, but after watching that, in person, I was like, you know what? Seems fair. Now, you get worried about a guy with all that length, right? About injuries, knees, ankles, feet. If he can stay healthy, which I pray to God he does, he's going to do some stuff we've never seen, man. And it's going to be so fun. That being said, Chet Holmgren outplayed him. Yeah, you heard me. Outplayed him. And Someone put this ridiculous stat out there like, oh, Chet Holmgren didn't score one point against Wimby Nyama. Well, that's because Wimby never guarded Chet, you nerds. <laughs> I was a little sad it didn't happen, but it, yeah, they they were playing, I guess, technically different positions in the game. Well, Jalen guess- Williams would battle, <laughs> was battling Wimby Nyama like hell. It was fun. I guess it stands up to a fact check, though. I mean, but still weird. It's an accurate statement, but <laughs> you are omitting the reason that it happened. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Thunder uh, back in action against the Pistons on Thursday awesome. night. Going to be fun. Yeah, dude, exciting. It, it really is. I think that. How good can they be? Definitely a playoff team, without a doubt. I, you know me, I get a little with them. With how measured I am with OU football, I'm completely different with Thunder basketball. I'm like, they're going to win it all, baby. <laughs> I, would, I would be surprised if they're not like a top four or five seed in the Western Conference. Like, I think they're capable of being that good. Yep. They were a playing team last year. Shea, he's taken another step from everything I've been told. Jalen Williams is better. Josh Giddy, hey, Ted. Josh Giddy's starting to get a little definition in the tricep. Really? Starting okay. to, yeah. All right. He, he turned 21, can drink some beer now. Starting to get a little, uh, little definition starting to show through for our band Giddy. I'm excited for him. Those, he's turned some of those extra calories into what into some muscle, huh? I like I, it. I, that's what, that's what I'm hoping. It's crazy. That's what he's I'm hoping. Still 
21. He's been there. What is this going to be his fourth year, third year? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You think about it. Yeah. I think his birthday was like yesterday. So I think he literally just turned 21. That's crazy. I know. So that is, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about, man. There's a lot to be excited about. I didn't even get to my man. Bertans, just a flamethrower from three. I mean, it came in and just was like, I'm getting my shots up. Was buried. Oh, so many fun things to take away from that game. My loser of the week, the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, that's right. Watching oh. playoff baseball still. Yikes, man. Won 101 games in the regular season. Top seed in the American League. Got to rest up for the ALDS. And getting ended up getting smacked by the Texas Rangers. And that was after the Rangers smacked the Rays in the wildcard series. Like what Baltimore was worse to first too, weren't they? Weren't they? I, I know I don't know what they were last year, but they've been like the worst team in Major League Baseball for several years now. Dude, they they dropped the first two in Baltimore in this series. It was their first playoff series to host since 2014. Jeez. Uh, and they lost those two, and then on Tuesday night, they did that one was over quick. In Arlington. Now, all credit to the Texas Rangers, right? They're hot. They're hot at the right time. But you got to feel for those players, for the Orioles, for the fans, all that excitement, and you get swept 3-0 in the ALDS. That's that's tough, man. And how about this? The Orioles did not get swept in a single series in the regular season. And just got swept in the ALDS. That's got to be like the most frustrating thing you could ever imagine. Um, As a player, as the coaching staff, as fans, just like, okay, we're here. We we may not win it, but we know we got a shot. We haven't been swept the entire year. That's weird. That's crazy how that happened. And I think it leads to an interesting debate, right? Maybe you don't want the buy in baseball. It, it's such a routine and like rhythm sport that because in football, like the the buy is okay. We get to rest up. It's the the sport so physically taxing. Maybe they, maybe you should get the choice if you're the top seed. Like no, no, no. We want to play. We want to play a series to start because they're just sitting there waiting. And then they came out. I, I don't know. Like the, the Rangers have a bunch of momentum. They're in a rhythm. Like taking the break in baseball, maybe that's not maybe that's not an advantage for the higher seeds. A, a debate has started. There's a lot of debate going on about that right now. Well, I mean, think about it. 162 games. I know you get the all-star break, but I mean, there's got to be a tendency after going through that grind just to, like, totally space out a little bit whenever you've got some time off. So, I don't know. It's it's something to think about for sure. It, it could have been the break for the Orioles that had them off their game, or it could have been the fact that the Rangers were knocking the cover off the ball. Yeah, they were good. Oh, dude, that game. I watched it like I watched I watched the first two innings and I was like I think we're done here. <laughs> I mean the Rangers what Seager going. homers in the first 
and they have a five run second. It was six to nothing and over in the blink of an eye for Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, and Evaldi was awesome on the mound for the Rangers. So I, I'm sure we got some Texas Rangers fans that listen to the pod. They're rolling, man. Yep. I don't think anyone wants to see them right now, dude. Nope. They they uh did the playoffs are gonna be good though. Is there's some star power this year. Playoff baseball is awesome. Like Globe Life Field during the win when who was it? Garcia hit that three run homer. That place looked insane, man. Yep. The Phillies crowd, that place looks I mean off the charts. Like playoff baseball is a lot of fun. That's why I watch it. I like it. It's the yep. only time I watch baseball all year. That Philly Atlanta series is is wild. Oh yeah. That's the stuff. Yep. I I will watch like obviously this is the highest level of baseball, right? I love watching the best at what they do in the world. It's one of my favorite things, especially you know, I I have no I have no dog in the race in baseball. Don't care, just want to be entertained. But the tension, like the drama, the energy of playoff baseball is awesome. Yep. Awesome. Every at bat, every you know, working through different situational stuff, like it's it's top notch. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's finish up with birthday shout outs. Happy first birthday to Hayden Wyckoff. Happy third birthday to Zayden Reed Mitchell. Happy ninth birthday to Drew Bond. Happy 10th birthday to Jack Ryan Hickman. Happy 16th birthday to Sophie Fry. Happy 20th birthday to Lake Lyon. Happy 50th birthday to David the Legend Meinke. Happy 30th birthday to Rusty Shackelford. Happy 53rd birthday to Kelly Mitchell. Happy 69th birthday to Dr. Dave Hatfield. Nice. Happy 87th birthday. Whoa, 87. Let's go. Phil Feaster. Excuse me. I messed it up. Phil Peaster. I'm sorry, Phil. 87. That's an accomplishment, man. I apologize. And happy birthday to the Rainmaker, Stephen Watts. On that note, episode 361 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop on Sunday. Going to drop a little later on Sunday than it has been just a heads up there. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from three to six on the ref. You can hear me from two to five on Sirius XM big 12 radio channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the bye weekend. People take a breath. Let's reset. It's time for the final stretch run after it. Let's go until next time. We appreciate y'all for listening and do what you always do. Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
just one more time.